Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So there was this uh, prime minister, his name was Borden, uh, around 1917, while Canadian soldiers were fighting in the First World War and uh, committing incredible acts of bravery and gaining the territory on Vimy Ridge that the other allies couldn't. This Prime Minister Borden said, essentially, we'll take care of our military men on the front lines who are fighting men. They come home and they need us. Fast forward a few decades... And suddenly, military members, men and women, find themselves in combat with their own government. And successive governments have argued, well, we really don't have uh, any kind of social contract with the uh, folks in the military to take care of them. You know, we, we have a pension, we have a plan, we're doing this, we're doing that. But if you want to sue us, we're going to use all the resources of government, all the money that we have available to us. We'll put our best lawyers in the courtroom against you. Good luck, because we have an unlimited amount of money, your tax dollars, to fight our veterans. Can you just play that clip for me one more time, please, Lorraine? I want to hear it again. I want everybody to hear it again. Go ahead. Why are we still uh, fighting against certain uh, veterans groups in court? Uh, Because uh, they are asking for more than we are able to give right now. Um, They are asking for more than we... Well, no. Hang on. You're You're asking for honest answers. Yeah. Tom Hoppe joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Uh... Tom's been involved in development of veterans' legislation and advocacy for almost 20 years, 18 years. He was the former chair for the Veterans Affairs Ombudsman Advisory Council, past president of a national veterans organization, and decorated twice in one overseas tour for bravery and leadership by the government of Canada. And Tom uh, wrote a very interesting op-ed piece Uh, titled, Are Politicians Deceiving Taxpayers About the Generous Approach to Veterans' Benefits? Tom, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Well, thank you for having me on the show, Roy. So when I play that Trudeau clip, what are you thinking? Well, it it sends shivers down my spine. It really does, because I think of the uh, young veterans with their families who who are struggling. And I think, uh, you know, what led me to write this op-ed is, you know, the perception that the government is doing a wonderful job of marketing that uh, to Canadians and veterans are very well looked after, that there is quite a bit of money flowing to veterans and that there's good programs out there. There are some good programs out there. Let's not you know, say there isn't, but I think the stark reality is much different than, than really what uh, the Canadian public is led to believe. Uh, one of your lines from your op-ed is, when the photo opportunities faded and camera-happy MPs and their entourage moved on to other announcements. Veterans were faced with the stark reality that once again they'd been hoodwinked into believing that politicians would improve the benefits to veterans and their families, and that had to do with the uh, pension for life. Just those words alone, Tom, sounded to me like a scam. 
Well, I mean, this is, and, and I wrote this in the 2015 election. I, I wrote a, I wrote Justin in an open article op-ed asking that question: Are you actually going back to the Pension Act, or are you, are you just taking the new veteran lump sum and uh, dividing that into monthly payments? Um, and it seems that some of that has happened. I mean, as we know, you, you know, out of 649,000 Canadian veterans, only 100,000 Canadian Force veterans are covered under Veterans Affairs currently. And out of that, we're looking at 74% of them are at 30% disability or below. So, it, when, And this is their own stats. I mean, I just went to their website and said, okay, let's look at their December 2018 stats and see what they say. And it shows right on there where, where everybody's listed on disabilities. And it's showing that a large number of veterans are in the lower percentage of disabilities, which by own Veterans Affairs website affects them to get other services under their their system. What's that number again of veterans who aren't receiving any assistance at all? Uh, we own, out of the 649,000 living Canadian veterans, and all that's right. World War II veterans as well, we have to take that into account. Right. There's only 100,494 uh, Canadian Forces veterans that are now in receipt under the uh, Veterans of Canada. Veterans Affairs Canada. And that's that's their numbers. That's right from Okay, that. so in, in instead of my picking pieces out of your op-ed, why don't you tell us what the situation is, what the picture is, what the picture is for the veterans who require the, uh, the pension, who require the help, who require the assistance, and the politicians insist, yeah, we're giving you what you need. We're doing the best uh, that's ever been done for you. We're taking good care of you. What's the reality then? I think the reality is, is that, uh, once again, it's the marketing of really what veterans are getting. Um, if a veteran's at 100%, you know, the numbers are higher naturally. They're going to be looked after uh, a lot better than someone at a lower percentage. But if we take a look at their 2018 numbers, 41% of veterans are rated at a 12% disability and below. And what that really means is when someone goes and applies for a disability to first be accepted, they have to have... It has to be service-related and a bunch of other things that go with that. But anyways, 12%, that's a lump sum disability. That's only $37,000 that the veteran gets. Um, that's it. Or if we take and, and put that on their own pension for life calculator online, it gives them $84.49 per month. Um, that's 41% of their Canadian Forces veterans that are under the new system. So when you're at a lower percentage, it also makes it harder for you to get um, other services. I have an example of a veteran who is at 100% disability, so that's as high as he can go. He's on long-term income replacement uh, because he's not able to work due to his injuries. And he's applied for the pain and suffering compensation uh, after April 1st, and he's been denied twice. This is a guy at 100%. So what's happening to the, the, the veterans of their families that are lower disability? Mm -hmm. What is, what, is, what is what does 12% disability mean? So what that means is, um, so say someone goes in with a, a, ba a back injury or something, right. um, they're going to assess that. Right. And they're going to say, okay, that's only worth 10%. Uh, so they, they make that assessment. It's hard to make an assessment on a back injury. Well, and, and they, they do, uh, uh, you know, they do ask for a lot of um, information, medical information and imaging, and they do actually do a good job of, of assessing and the frontline staff do work hard i give them credit for that mm -hmm. um but it's the legislation itself and this has been going on since uh the change from the pension act um to where we are today um and it's probably been going on a bit longer i mean you know we've heard from people like harold leduc who's been involved in this uh, just as long and and 
The whole issue is a social contract, the status of veteran. Yeah. And had we followed the rule of law, or had we, had the politicians followed the rule of law back when the new veterans charters developed in the early 2000s, we could have gone under the Second World War uh, Veterans Act and modernized it. So if we can, we have about two minutes here, Tom. So if I just look at what you wrote here, um, we look at a 10% disability award. It is $37,416, one-time lump sum payment, which could be divided into lifelong monthly payments. And using Veterans Affairs Canada's online pension for life calculator, if the veteran was 25 years of age and expected to live until 85, the payment over 60 years of his lifespan or her lifespan would give the veteran $84.49 a month. That's awful. Now, they're going to say that, you know, there's income replacement and stuff like that to help the veteran transition. These are these are short-term programs. Mm-hmm. However, a person can get lifelong income replacement. But the, the, to get it is quite difficult, especially I'm understanding now it's even more because they've moved it to central. So there's other programs there, and the department's going to argue. And this is a problem. The department's going to argue this. But let's look at the numbers and the reality of how difficult it is for veterans to really achieve those other services. And from what I'm hearing from veterans in the field, I can only go by what they're telling me, they are having a harder time getting those other services when they're at a lower percentage. Well, that's also what I've heard from veterans who send me an email or who I talk with. Tom, good talking to you. Thank you very much. Thanks for keeping this on in, in people's consciousness. Thank you very much, Will, for, for uh, allowing me to speak today. Yeah, we'll talk again. Tom Hoppy. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.